kept taking on more clients despite that fact. So it was causing me so much internal stress of like, I've got too much work that I can handle. And I either need to make the decision to grow, to scale, to hire, or I need to start telling people no. So I remember being at my in-laws, sitting in their lawn, freaking out. In a lawn? (laughs) lawn. Yep, on their grass. Just freaking out in my mind. I was talking with a business coach, like just, I don't entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about that though, growing up in an entrepreneurial family. Entrepreneurship was very much, half of it was idealized of you are able to create the kind of life you want. And then the other half of it was incredible hard work. And sometimes not having a paycheck. And sometimes having those luxuries, but sometimes it was a real struggle. Your child would be an entrepreneur to it? Honestly, I don't think so. Like, entrepreneurship needs to be a choice. I worked for maybe two years straight, like literally. Working on weekends, thinking about it, like every single day, going on trips, working on those trips. Like, it was all consuming and it just was too much. Being able to build a business that lets me get out of the day-to-day was a really important move for me. If you can give yourself the time, the freedom, the patience to be able to nurture somebody else, that is going to come back to you in your time. And so being able to weigh what is that worth, if we can all just set our egos aside and come together as a community, then we can all lift each other up and we can learn from one another. And I think that's just incredible. Welcome to the Colorado Springs Business Podcast, where we discuss business principles and provide real-life insight into the lives of everyday business owners and entrepreneurs. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe or leave a review wherever you might be listening. Now, let's talk business. Welcome back. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. Today, we're sitting here with Madeline Costa um, with Succeeding Small. Can you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, yeah. So thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. I've known you in this podcast for a long time. So, so excited. Um, Yeah. yeah, So Succeeding Small is a full service digital marketing agency serving specifically small businesses. You know, there was a really big gap in the market, I felt like, for people serving this community where marketing was inaccessible, it was too expensive. It wasn't available to, you know, the mom and pop shops of the world. And so that was really my mission in creating this this agency. So that was almost six years ago and it's been a wild journey since. So speaking of small businesses that Madeline actually works with, our sponsor Planet Duck is an awesome air duct cleaning company here in Colorado Springs and across Southern Colorado. Planet Duck is a premier air duct cleaning company to help you with all your air duct cleaning needs. They are top of the line professional with some of the best air duct cleaning trucks that you can find. Brandon Kirk, who has also been on the show and been a longtime sponsor of this show, really knows what he's doing and he manages a tight ship. He makes sure to get the job done and get it done correct. So check out planetduck.com if you have any air duct cleaning needs. Our next sponsor is Recon Marketing. Recon Marketing, we're just having a whole episode about freaking marketing, I guess, today. Because they they will help you with all your marketing needs, whether that's SEO, content creation, social media management, web design, and everything in between. And speaking of which, Recon Marketing is on this show right now. The co-host of the show is the founder and co-owner of Recon Marketing. Marcus, right here, right next to me in this episode and he happens to be the co-owner of this show too so marcus i know you're watching this me be sure to drop a comment down below and tell me what you think of this sponsor read 
Uh, and also, if you're watching this besides Marcus, tell me what you think of this sponsor read too. I'd love to hear your feedback. So that's actually our other sponsor is the show, essentially. We would love for you to subscribe to the show if you're enjoying this and would like to learn more insights from business owners across the front range. But also, we would love to have more people on as guests, not just people in Colorado, but bring them to Colorado and talk about their business and provide insight for our audience. And if you're enjoying this video, make sure to drop a comment. If you're listening on any other platform, make sure to hit that five-star button and give leave, leave a review if you can. We would totally appreciate that. That really helps us out. And yeah, so let's get back to this conversation with Madeline Costa. So let's talk about the services you provide. You said full-service marketing agency. What? Let's talk. unpack those a little bit for us. What yeah, services? Yeah, so we specialize first and foremost in search engine optimization. That is my biggest passion, my first love, and that really influences everything else that we do. So we also build WordPress websites. We awesome. do a pay-per-click advertising, so on Google ads. We also do organic social media marketing, but that SEO foundation really trickles throughout everything we do. We include copy in everything we do. We include keyword research and everything we do, really just integrate it throughout our practices. SEO, as you know, Marcus, is all about just deeply understanding the platform that we're posting on, understanding how it works, what it cares about. And then I take it a step further and be able to create assets that not only get visibility, but actually get people to convert, actually talk to the human on the other side of the screen and be persuasive with our messaging and our imagery and calls to action to actually grow small businesses, you know? That's awesome. And you're so young. So talk to us a little bit of how you got into this whole business. We know there was an English major in something that you got, right? So talk a little bit about like your background, your schooling, and then how you got into succeeding small because you're, you're very young to, you know, own your own marketing agency at such a young age. Yeah, definitely. So I have been an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> My whole family are entrepreneurs and small business owners. So I really grew up in that world of, you know, I was solving business problems at the dinner table at eight years old, you know, just walking, That's working awesome. with my family and seeing what they were able to accomplish and build for themselves. And so my first business actually was a clothing boutique at 16. I built a little website and sat up every weekend at trade shows and craft fairs selling women's clothes like every normal high schooler yeah, right that's awesome <laughs> yes but i always knew that i wanted to own a business that this was the the life path for me so i ended up going to school not for a degree in business <laughs> but for a degree in something called rhetoric which is the study of arguments and persuasion hmm. because i've always been a writer it's always been a big passion point of mine and thought maybe maybe i can write for businesses maybe that's what my life can look like and it turned out, my degree in particular, turned out to be so powerful because it was all about how you deeply know your audience and what they care about and how to craft a message or argument or conversation to be able to drive action forward, to persuade, to argue, to convince, to empathize, whatever your objective might be. And I began to t connect the dots to marketing of, you know, if I'm a business owner, I need to persuade my customer to buy my products and services. Mm -hmm. So my degree actually became my best tool that really sets me apart as an agency owner. So that led me down my marketing rabbit hole and tied together my past experience of what I did with my boutique. And I ended up getting an internship at a digital marketing agency where I learned SEO and it was like a light bulb. I could write for businesses and so much more. It was this tool that I could use to grow businesses like my family's, 
So it was just such an amazing opportunity to find my calling so early on in my life, still in college, working three jobs, running the boutique, like finding that passion right out of the gate. And so I ended up starting my agency shortly thereafter with the mission of, of serving the small business community. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And so it's it's interesting, a couple points that you brought up there. One is like you worked for somebody else before you got into something on your own, your own agency. Uh, I always like to say like it's, it's, it's important for a lot of folks to get paid to learn something before they jump into it, owning their own business. Um, tell us a little bit about that process as well. Like when you're working at the other company, I'm sure there was a lot of things that like helped you hack, like say their 10,000 hours of experience. So when you opened up Succeeding Small, you had a little bit of a roadmap, more so than someone who didn't have that experience, right? Yes, absolutely. I am eternally grateful for that opportunity and that experience. And what I like to tell anybody is like, if there's an open door, go through it. Like if there's a chance for you to learn something, do something, work a job, whatever it is, try it out. You can always quit. <laughs> it's yeah. not a forever thing, but like get that experience because it's there waiting for you, but it's not going to just fall in your lap. Like you have to go and take those chances. So I am so grateful for the opportunity that I got because it, it gave me my, my passion. Like how amazing is that, that that company could have done that for me. So I learned so much from them. And then there was a lot that I didn't learn from them, like how to run a business, <laughs> how to scale a business. Um, how to build websites, for example. That agency didn't do websites. So mm. when I started my company, small businesses needed websites. Mm -hmm. I kept running into that again and again. And so I'm like, okay, just gonna I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to teach myself. So I painstakingly taught myself how to build websites. Trial wow. and error broke dozens of my trial sites. I had to spend hours on the phone with hosting companies just trying to figure out what I did. Mm -hmm. Trial and error, and now I've got an incredible system. I build awesome websites, and but like I had to go through that journey myself because that wasn't necessarily an opportunity I had received in the past. So taking what I had gotten and then seeing the opportunities of where I need to go and being able to be dedicated enough to fill in those gaps of my own knowledge, you know? That's really cool. And you mentioned before, and in our previous talks, you've mentioned this plenty of times, but like you grew up in a family full of entrepreneurs, right? That's really cool. I mean, a lot of people don't have that. Like I'm probably the first entrepreneur in my family of like two or three generations. Um, and so it's interesting. Tell us a little bit about that, like your background experience of growing up with a family full of entrepreneurs. You have that obviously at like 16 years old, you open up your first business and then you find your passion in marketing and boom, you wed the two and here we are at Succeeding Small. Tell us a little bit about that though, growing up in an entrepreneurial family. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship was very much, half of it was idealized of you are able to create the kind of life you want. And so for example, because my family owned business, I was able to be homeschooled. I took a ton of vacations. We took the whole month of July off to go travel because my family owned their own business. That's awesome. Um, we were able to do the things we want and live the way we wanted, which was really, really cool. And then the other half of it was incredible hard work and sometimes not having a paycheck mm -hmm. and sometimes having those luxuries, but sometimes it was a real struggle and it, it came down, like sometimes it was coming up with new businesses to be able to put dinner on the table, coming up with new products or services, or coming up with marketing strategies to be able to get more people to participate in what we were doing. So it was twofold. It was very much a realistic picture of like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the success you can see, 
but this is all the hard work that goes on behind the picture. And so it was nice for me to be able to see that firsthand and really know what I was getting into, Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to see like, do I really want this for my life? Um, So yeah, I learned a lot from their experiences and I learned like I value the lifestyle of entrepreneurship so much. Now I have my own kid. And so like I imagine all of the things that I'm going to be able to do with her because I have that path of entrepreneurship and what kind of life I get to provide her with. So it's kind of cool to see that come full circle. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that, especially like you're talking about having a kid and you work from home. Right. So that's really cool to be someone who has their own business, who works remote, who can have time with their child and upbringing their child. Right. With your husband, who you told me a little bit about the schedule between the two of you guys. Like you take, is it you take the morning, he takes the evenings because of work schedules or is it other the other one. way around? Yep, other way around. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like that's the, the the part of entrepreneurship that's really cool. It allows you the time freedom back, right? Because you make your own schedules. I don't think a lot of people understand what comes with that because sometimes it means working 15 hours straight to get that type of schedule, right? But it's a really cool thing. I'm sure it's very full circle for you, right? Raising your own kid and, and understanding, you know, the principles. That, or, do you think your child would be an entrepreneur too, just in your own household be, raising her? Or? Yeah. You know, I've thought a lot about that of like, if I, if I think that this should be the path for her, for people, um, and honestly, I don't think so. Like entrepreneurship needs to be a choice. Like just because I was raised so much in a pro entrepreneurship family, like it happened to be right for me. But for example, it's not right for my husband. Mm-hmm. It's not right for my cousin. It's not right for my sister. Like right. it, it is not the path for people. And with Cadence, my daughter, like I don't want her to feel that kind of decision path of, you know, just because mom is an entrepreneur does not mean that you have to like find what you're passionate about. Find the way your brain works. Mm-hmm. Do you need structure? Do you thrive on structure? Do you thrive on freedom and decision making? Like what, where is your path going to take you? My parenting philosophy is very much of like give her as many experiences as possible and just let her become her own person, you know, and see where that takes her. If it is entrepreneurship, then it's entrepreneurship. And I have so much to teach and share. But if it's not, then that's wonderful too. Like find what makes you happy, what fills you up, because we spend so much of our time working. And if you're not happy doing what you do, then that's that's not a life to mm-hmm. live, you know. Yeah, 100%. There has to be a certain level of like pain tolerance that goes with being entrepreneurship that a lot of people don't understand, right? And so like, <laughs> you're right, it's a certain type of personality that can just keep going through that. And I always say like, even when it doesn't even make logical sense to continue, those entrepreneurs are the ones who are just pushing forward, you know, even when their probability stacked up against you to continue, like, it's 10% chance I'm going to get through this obstacle, but the entrepreneurs somehow push past that and hit that 10%, right? And so I 100% agree with you. Great answer with that. Let's talk a little bit about um, your services again but like with the website stuff your websites I know you're talking about how you've learned to build your websites are beautiful yeah. how, do you think your design background from when back when you were like had the boutique when you were a kid went into play with like having a, just a good eye for a good website because it's two things right you want to have a website that's really appealing to the eye but it's also got to be optimized for conversions too so talk a little bit about that too and how like you marry the two together as well for your websites yeah, absolutely yeah, I um, have a very interesting combination of skills and abilities um, <laughs> of being able to enjoy the creative and have that eye for design, but also loving the technical and being mm-hmm. able to see what goes on behind the scenes. So it makes me a very dynamic marketer um, if I may 
<laughs> toot my own horn. I but, agree. There you go. <laughs> yes, but it's very important in the world of web design because we have a lot of web designers who care about UI, UX, user interface, mm. user experience. And you have a lot of copywriters who care about the words and the messaging and the effect that it has on people. And then you have the SEOs who care about the technical, the keywords, the, the website speed, the mm. metadata. And so many of those people function in their own spaces beautifully. Mm -hmm but not a lot of people blend them together. And that is where success happens. Like that is where you not only get to bring traffic from organic places like Google and other search engines, mm -hmm. but you're also able to get that traffic to do something, right? To convert, to fill out that form, to click that call button, to buy that product. So being able to really combine all of them and bring in my, my experience doing everything that I have done, has really allowed me to kind of pinpoint where I want my agency to mm -hmm. be, how I want to be represented. And now I've got a staff, so I've got eight team members. So I get to teach them my philosophies and have our systems and processes of here's how we do things, here's our standard of excellence and the steps that you follow to ensure we hit all three marks, go out and execute and be able to see the, the results and the businesses we get to grow because of it. You mentioned a team, so now you have a team. I know a little bit about you because we're friends, but you have interns as well. Um, talk about that, like from beginning 2017 to where you are now, 2023, the growth, the succeeding small, and yeah, a little bit about your workforce and your team. Yeah, yeah, so like I mentioned, I've got eight people right now, which just blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I never imagined that I would be in, I would be this kind of leader um, and have the size of a company. So it's really humbling to be able to mm -hmm. see the growth that has happened, but. Um, my internship now today is my way of, of giving back. Like an internship changed my life. So if I'm able to do that for other people, like how cool is that? So, and I started my, I guess, people journey through exploring that kind of internship concept. So as a solopreneur, wearing all the hats, doing all this stuff, never imagined I'd want to have it any other way, mm -hmm. right? But. I discovered I had a passion for teaching and someone had fallen into my lap who wanted to learn digital marketing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll try it. You could be my intern. I'll show you around, see what you like and kind of work our way up to that. So that's how my being a boss journey kind of started and really evolved into that. So I ended up scaling from just me to me and another person to me and another person another person to a formal internship program to employees to it's been insane the journey that it's that it's been um, and it's been the hardest thing of my life and it's been the most rewarding thing of my life being able to be a leader be a boss and grow something larger than myself so it's been a it's been a wild ride that's incredible. Well, you are a person who's very involved in the community. That's how you and Andrew met in the first place through networking, through all the things you do in the community as well. It sounds like you've met a lot of great connections. For those who are listening for this and in Colorado Springs area or just in general, like how important is it to get involved in those things as well? Networking and community driven things, internships. How important is that for them to grow their business eventually as well? Yeah, you know, I grew my business networking. I started my business networking. Like yeah. I literally had a concept in my head and wanted to see if small businesses needed digital marketing. And literally bought my trade name, built a one-page website, printed out business cards <laughs> on cardstock, and went to a networking event the next day nice. just to see if this was a needed service in my community. 
And at that event, I had five people come up to me afterwards and say they needed my services. So I'm like, what a cool confirmation that mm -hmm. I could actually do this. So it was really um, networking. I owe the growth of my business too. I think it was such a powerful way for me to not only meet clients and grow my business, but also to grow me as an entrepreneur, you know, to find people who have done this because I had my family, which was an amazing pool of resources, but to actually see people growing, scaling businesses and be able to learn from them, it was priceless, that experience. So I loved networking and owe so much of my journey to that process. There did come a point um, in my scaling journey where I have to be really careful with my time. Being a CEO, having eight people that I have to provide livelihoods for, having a daughter where networking is not always my first priority anymore. So I have to balance those out of what is going to be the best use of my time. How can I show up as the best version of me to my community, to my family, to my business, and make sure that I give equal parts of those attention as well as it aligns with my goals and what I really want out of my company. Let's talk about that balance. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this over coffee a week ago too. I don't, I have a good sense of balance in my life, but I also don't have a family, a little girl like you. How has that been? How is how how are you balancing life as an entrepreneur running a, a successful business six years in um, that has eight employees with a family? Tell us a little bit about the balance with that. Yeah, I have to set really hard boundaries for myself. Um, in more ways than one. So time boundaries are the biggest thing. So for example, I have a calendar where I have people schedule appointments with me. Mm -hmm. This allows me to not break my boundaries because I am a person who does that where I'm like, oh yeah, I can meet you for coffee at 4 p.m. Yeah. Like just because, <laughs> even though I do not want to do that and I regret doing that every time I do it. So having tools and systems that support my time boundaries, let me it lets me declare them and hopefully people respect them and get to adapt to them. I also have a work phone and a personal phone. So I keep business communication on that. That way I can actually be present with my family and go to sleep without reading 20 emails before I go to bed, things like that. I also have to create space boundaries for myself, especially in my own home because I I love to work like it's such a big part of who I am mm -hmm. and what I want for myself but I found myself working everywhere working in my living room working outside working at my kitchen table working at my office everywhere it was all consuming and I could never step away so I got burnt out so bad at one point from all the networking from the lack of boundaries um, not having that balance in my life and so having those uh, solution steps of separation allows me again like I said to be present in all areas of my life and show up the best way that I can for people so I've been I've had to work really hard on protecting and preserving my time I also have had to work a lot harder to get people to respect that that's been really yes. interesting trying to communicate my boundaries to my clients um, and being able to have productive relationships with people that serve me so I can serve them so it's real interesting. Yeah. How do you, uh, do you, how well has that, like, what are some things when like you want to be working somewhere and you don't, you want to like defy your, your boundaries? Does that happen? And how do you handle that? 
<laughs> or maybe even give an example of a situation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I break my boundaries all the time. I'm not good at following my own rules. For example, I was answering emails this morning while my daughter was still sleeping. Yeah. And I always, uh, whenever I do it, I usually end up regretting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for example, working on the weekends was just something I did, like especially before Cadence. But mm-hmm. that was just my thing because, again, it was me, left to do it, work needed done. Might as well just find the time to do it. But I was, I worked for maybe two years straight, like literally. <laughs> for working on weekends, every thinking day. about <laughs> it, like every mm-hmm. single day, going on trips, working on those trips. Mm-hmm. Like it was all consuming and it just was too much. It was too much for myself. Um, and so being able to kind of counter that and understand that boundaries are flexible especially with a toddler I mean oh my gosh how can I (laughs) stick to those boundaries and have that pure balance that pure balance doesn't exist so like doing what feels right for me in the moment is helpful but also knowing when to stop Um, for example if it is Tuesday at 2 p.m. and I'm not feeling it I know I'm not gonna get productive work done so (laughs) I should probably just stop and go be go play with my kid Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. being able to be flexible with myself um, but still have those tools and systems that kind of keep me in line yeah do you you find it makes you stressful like if like you're respecting those boundaries because I could imagine being like trying to respect the boundary but I have so much that I still need to do and like there's always so much to do no matter how much you do though like you do one thing you get two more things to do and it just multiplies that way like does that cause stress to respect the boundaries or does that actually help with the with the stress by respecting the boundaries it causes me so much stress (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness yes but the the nice thing about the way i've scaled my agency is i have a team Mm -hmm. that i can delegate out to and so being able to build a business that lets me get out of the day-to-day was Mm -hmm. a really important goal for me um i found out i was pregnant with cadence and that was my mission of like i need to build a business that can run without me you have to yeah you have to that's a scary thought (laughs) as an entrepreneurship who's so as an entrepreneur who's so passionate about their business Mm -hmm. but it's it makes a big difference and so that was my goal figure out how to build the systems, build the infrastructure, build the team so that I could go have a baby, so I could go on a vacation, so I could catch a cold (laughs) and my business would not go up in flames. Mm -hmm. So I spent about a year and a half of work being able to do that and I have. So now I can go on vacation and Mm -hmm. literally not work or not pay attention or like respect my boundaries. Mm and the world keeps spinning and so it's an amazing thing what I've been able to accomplish I'm so proud of it and I love teaching other people how to do it and how to replicate that because I could have what I'm doing right now I could have actually had way earlier in my business Mm. if I had followed Mm. the same steps that I'm doing I don't you don't have to have this gigantic team to be able to have a sustainable business model so there are a lot of things that I've learned over time that I think all entrepreneurs can integrate now to be able to have a more sustainable life where we're yeah. not working 80 hours a week, you know, and Just, have a piece. So what what are some of those things? Because that's one of my things with my business that I struggle with is not I'm, – I'm almost afraid of delegating, not just delegating, but uh, 
not being the sole person doing everything in my business because I've I've tried a few times but it's it never works out and so it's like one of the biggest things I struggle with actually and you seem to have done it pretty well (laughs) (laughs) thank you I know it's one of the scariest things being able to delegate over that control especially in a creative business Mm -hmm. because so much of it so much of the work happens in our minds and so it's it's hard to communicate that to other people and actually have it work the way we want so I think it's twofold I think it is having very rigid documentation of what you do even with creative work mm-hmm. I have systematized web design which mm-hmm. is wild like but it's possible it's absolutely possible and you can leave room for creative freedom even if you have a documented process so literally there was a stage in my journey where I was working with a business coach at the time and they taught me SOPs standard operating mm-hmm. procedures and told me to just every day right pick one thing write it down write all the steps of what you do with that one thing if you are sending out an email over and over again save it as a template and keep it saved so that you can optimize your time and efficient be more efficient with that so building systems and processes from day one just document what you do because you never know what's going to happen you could be sick for a week and you need your sister to be able to send an email like whatever it may be you never know what's going to happen at whatever stage of your business so if you can have documented processes it can protect you from whatever it is whether you want to grow and scale or not so having that documented and then if you do have a team giving them limited controlled freedom <laughs> yeah. of they can follow the stuff but you can still give them autonomy and authority for being able to carry out what you want them to do and then do it in a safe way where you can give them feedback and then they can continue to improve but also recognize very early on the people who are not right for the job and being able to move them or find somebody else mm-hmm. or be able to adapt with that being able to pinpoint those concepts and qualities within people. So people are necessary. One of the best decisions I ever made as a scaling business was to hire an admin assistant. Changed my life forever. That's probably what I need to do first. (laughs) Yes, and that helped to delegate the things I hated, the things that were Mm -hmm. taking up so much of my time, like answering my emails, building my project management system, Mm -hmm. evaluating these tools, um, creating those email templates, all of the things that were a lot of work for my brain being a creative being a visionary she could do in an instant and she was happy to do it Mm -hmm. i'm like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. you actually like this (laughs) are you crazy yeah and when you're being pulled like so many multiple ways it's hard to get into those creative flows because if you're being pulled from emails this that and the other it's hard to every every time you get into the flow you get pulled right out of it and it could be it can be really stressful and with with my business with videography at least there's a lot of feast and famine cycles it feels like and it's like how do you mitigate those 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 famine cycles or mediate those out of your out of the business because if you have employees you can't have those famine cycles <laughs> it's like you just can't no and so that's that's one of the i guess like thinking about it now in, in more depth i think that's the reason why it's scary is because how can i have someone if I keep hitting these feast cycles and then like if I had someone it would help me and then those famine cycles if I had someone it would help me mitigate those famine cycles and it's like it's a catch-22 almost because it's it's like when you pull focus on one thing one other thing over here is like going down and then like it's just like playing (laughs) whack-a-mole exactly yeah when you don't have a consistent stream of income like taking on staff is terrifying 
yeah. is absolutely terrifying, <laughs> right? And so, like, for a lot of people, there are two ways to – three ways, actually. <laughs> you can just hire freelancers or virtual assistants. That way they have their own business. You're not responsible for putting food on their table mm-hmm. for their families, right? You are their client, and they're there to serve you. It's a great way to get started with some help is just having – somebody outsource that work come in be able to do what you need them to do and that's it you're not responsible so that's a fantastic easy way to start there are traditional employees where you actually have people on your team you are responsible for their livelihoods most of the time and so if that is something that you want somebody in-house who knows your business intimately who shares the same passion as you do who's on your on your side knows your goals is actively fighting and working for you then maybe you know an employee is the goal and that's what you want to do and so being able to find recurring revenue streams to be able to support something like that could be a helpful step in that direction or three internships (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was able to do and build. Um, And I've run internships multiple ways. I've done paid interns where it's a actual job description. It is very structured and here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to get compensated. Less hand-holding, more directive, but still a lot of like nurturing from me and education, patience, all of that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And then my actual internship program is unpaid um, and it targets students to get academic credit. So students from colleges can come work for me for a summer, get a college credit out of the deal. It's very, very much education-centered. So that one that I do is very much for the benefit of them. We have a formal curriculum Mm -hmm. that I built. It goes through all my services and marketing, but lets them practice on my clients. So I get free labor by doing that and in exchange for the value of teaching and education that I've been able to give for them. But that's a lot of hand-holding though, right? So that's that's can be sh- yep. sh- the hard part. A hard part. <laughs> yes, it's a uh, it's whenever an entrepreneurship goes to make that step, it's like, is this I could do this so much faster myself, mm-hmm. versus if I have to teach other people. But that is that short term thinking. Mm. If you can get past that short term, that very painful <laughs> short term, then you are setting yourself up for sustainability and success. And so if you can get past that, if you can give yourself the time, the freedom, the patience to be able to nurture somebody else, that is going to come back to you in your time freedom. And so being able to weigh what is that worth? What is the longevity of my business? Can I successfully ever step out of this? And in order to do that, you're probably going to need people. So. Mm-hmm. It's something to think about for sure. Yeah. Were you at a, when you started scaling or, or expanding, were you at a point in your business where it was like overwhelming or it was, uh, I, I'm sure there was a moment where it was like, like you said, you had, you, you wanted to have a kid and that, that kind of helped catalyze you to, to push for that. But was there like, uh, was your, was your, I'm sure, I mean, every business at one point for any entrepreneur is like overwhelming. <laughs> But, but yeah, was there a moment for like that like that for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I remember this very vividly. Um, I was, I'd been thinking about this for a long time. It was on my mind of like how, like do I actually want to go to the next level? Like do mm-hmm. I want this to scale and grow or do I want to like be where I am? Because I've got enough clients. I am relatively happy doing what I'm doing. Like I've got two people under me. Like this is good, this is sustainable except it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was not like I was not able to serve more clients than what I had. And I kept taking on more clients despite that fact. So it was causing me so much internal stress of like uh, I've got too much work 
than I can handle. And I either need to make the decision to grow, to scale, to hire, or I need to start telling people no and mm -hmm. create a wait list and stop this growth. And so I remember being at my in-laws, sitting in their lawn, freaking out. In their lawn? <laughs> in a lawn, <laughs> yep, on their grass, just freaking out in my mind. I was talking with a business coach, talk, like just, I don't, I don't know if I want this. Like mm -hmm. this is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Nobody I know has done this, has scaled to the point that I want to get to. So like, do I want to do this by myself? Like, is this really what I'm about to do? Like I am terrified and the the ultimate like pushing point of that decision was just going back to why i started this in the first place and i started my company to serve small businesses and if i told people no if i told that small business i can't help you right now that was like a stab in my heart that was literally preventing me from carrying out my mission and my heart and my passion and why i do what i do so like that was it i'm like okay let's do this thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's go and get over that emotional hurdle to just see what happens. And it was fine. I just needed to get over myself, but yeah. it was so, it was such an emotional decision. It was really terrifying mm -hmm. to be able to get to that point, but it's possible. And in, in the business coach, do you think they helped you uh, come to that conclusion? Yeah, I've had multiple business coaches in my history um, of business ownership, which has been really helpful. Um, they've usually followed me on my stages of journey. So I've been able to work with some when I was starting developing those SOPs, mm -hmm. grew, outgrew that level of education. And I had another a coach that was more on financials and mm -hmm. helping me navigate that world. And then I had another coach who really helped me s actually scale like to a tremendous degree. So it's been, nice. I've been very grateful for that kind of structured guidance that I've had. I would recommend that to anybody is find a business mm -hmm. coach who mirrors your stage of business and is able to serve you where you're at so we've been talking about a lot of like we've been talking about that a lot on a few episodes of some pretty successful guests that we've had on who've said the same thing <laughs> so i think yeah. that's that's a huge thing that i need to look into and i keep putting it off though <laughs> I know. it's it hard well it's again it's that trust factor of like yeah. i have to a pay them yeah and that's, b, that, that's trust true. them <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure yeah yeah and, and and I'm not gonna. I was gonna get into something that I'm creating right now. It's gonna be like a coach, but it's it's AI coach essentially. Nice. But, <laughs> but I won't get into that too much here. <laughs> I love that. It's crazy. So like you're talking about the delegation process and having like employees and like taking that off your plate because I was very much in the same place you guys were. I was like, no, this is mine. Like I, I kind of wanted the control over the whole process. And I was laughing this week with the guys in the office here because um, I have pretty much an A employee who's amazing. And then I have a, an amazing business partner and um, they've both been on vacation. So like I did my tiny house festival and then boom, they both went on vacation. One's in Greece and one's been traveling around Cut America. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> traveling around America. To, and so I've had to go back into and like kind of pick up their roles and like be client facing. I haven't been client facing in almost a year. Um, and I was complaining to the guys, I'm like, man, I, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And then like probably yesterday I was like I'm loving this again like this is actually re-sparking my passion of why I'm doing this because like I was digging into data and I was finding stuff that um, my employee doesn't uh, they have like this robust way of what they present an agenda for the client and the stats and everything like that and I found something that he hadn't found and I was all excited about it. I'm like yeah okay I'm a marketer again at the end of the day like I, I can remember doing this stuff and just kind of full circle moment of like this is why I do what I do you know from the top to the bottom you know I love this stuff so it's really cool just to do that I was just giving the observation just hearing you guys you know explain your points with 
that's it's a scary jump you know tony robbins calls that part um burn the boats so essentially like you land on the island like there's no going like once you there's no going back burn the boats i'm here like this is i'm gonna colonize wherever this is but this is the new um elevation you're talking about like you're kind of elevating above like the education you kept going more and more different types of business coaches there, there are, that, that's very true there's elevations to this thing there's levels to this thing and it's really cool to see where you're at now in fact so this year you got a very special award right the 2023 young entrepreneur of the year award pre- presented by the pikes peak sbdc yeah tell yeah. us a little bit about that yes i was so excited yeah <laughs> yeah so um part of that process was just talking about what it's what it's like to be a young entrepreneurship and how the journey has happened how you have made innovative steps to be able to grow your business up until that point and how your age has really affected what you do so mm-hmm. going through that process um, and being able to answer those questions it's it's such a cool award i am so excited for it but one of the questions was like how have you how have you been innovative in your business? And it was a lot of of that. It was figuring out how to scale a service-based business Mm -hmm. because we are not, I don't sell products. I don't just make it and then sell it. Meaning I can't spend all of my time networking and just selling Mm -hmm. products because I actually have to go home and deliver on the service, right? I actually have to provide it. And so scaling service-based businesses is so hard because we're responsible for the work. And so my way of innovation was um, standardizing my mm-hmm, procedures mm-hmm. and being able to really systematize my company. But Almost productizing, right? I Yes, productizing <laughs> is another step. And that's my next goal is nice. to productize okay. what I do. Same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the second part was the internship program of mm-hmm. like having, finding creative ways to acquire labor that mm. could be sustainable in my early stages of business. So like that was one of the very, I did that maybe year two was created my internship program. And so that innovation has allowed me to scale much quicker because I have a way of driving employees into my business. I hire a lot of my interns, mm-hmm. and meaning I just trained them for free for three months and now they get to be my employee, you know, and they love and know my company and mm-hmm. the way I operate and I know and love them and their skill set. So it's a really cool merriment of, what I've been able to do there, but yes. And then step three is finding ways to productize. Um, so that's that's 2024. Yeah, exactly. Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the next big thing for a lot of service-based industries uh, is being able to productize your business. And productize in a, in, in a way is like, it's still service, but it's like really taking those SOPs and ma- just getting your systems down to a point where I don't know. It's like it's it takes a service based business and it allows people to basically just buy it without having to to go through all the steps. And because we sell pretty much higher ticket products, higher higher ticket services. Mm -hmm. And so how do we shape that in a way where it's a product where we can because when you productize something, you can take out a lot of the 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 stuff that happens in between from the client client finding you and client actually like becoming a client. Like uh, that's the goal. I mean, that's I think the goal of productizing is you can eliminate some of the steps in between that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I that's my my hope at least. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've been exploring um, this business model concept where there's three departments, I guess, or variations of your company. There is done for you, which means the work is done for the client, agency life, right? Being able to deliver the services and do what we do. There's done with you 
which is the middle between do it yourself and done for you. So mm -hmm. do it with you is things like masterminds, support, uh, being able to have that more hands-on approach, but the client is still executing the work. Mm -hmm. And then there's DIY, which is that pure productization of just selling whatever you have to offer and then they get to go execute. Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting concept that I'm playing around for like if, if I want to go in those directions yeah. to really scale my company and see how that pans out. But it's a really interesting model for how to make service-based businesses really sustainable. Yeah, and I think AI plays a big part in, in being able to productize uh, like we're, we're we're excited about AI in a lot of ways. We've been talking about it on the last few episodes, but I'd like to talk about what I'm excited about. So so yeah, there's lots of ways you can like like systematize and like automate things in your business because we have AI intelligence that can. I just said it. I, I, artificial intelligence intelligence but <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have caught it if he didn't bring it up <laughs> but we have we have ai that can has sentiment analysis it can understand in a deep level of the inputs you give it and that's a brand new thing with chat gpt and all the other other ones that are coming out now too that just didn't exist a year ago like ai could like do so much like with chatbots but it didn't have a good understanding of what you what the input was now it's evolved to a level where it can do that so using code and stuff like that like using smart programming you can take certain things with this powerful tool and connect it to do something this and then it does this and then it does this and then it does this but it's like a feedback loop that builds on itself and it's not just entering one prompt and hopefully that it works it's building a system around that that can create uh, something that can do some pretty awesome things within businesses and it's I feel like it's a blue ocean right now of what can be innovated and created and I actually think I seen like you post like a, almost a year ago like your husband's getting into a lot of AI stuff right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's his goal is nice. to get into data science yeah, okay sweet which is very much machine learning oh yeah and actually building the infrastructure so that's yeah. really cool that's his goal yeah and that's like a whole different thing that I think what I'm even talking about that's like the the nuts and bolts of how it works i think yep <laughs> and then i'm taking that and then building on top of that essentially <laughs> yes exactly <Yeah. laughs> so i'm excited about it i like to talk about it a little bit because it is a service that we're offering kind of right now um right now it's in the early stages but we have to like workshop it and b build it but a service where we're creating uh automations for businesses uh, uh and i don't know since you're in the in the marketing world have you heard about uh, ai automation agencies yet you know, I don't know if I've personally come across them, but like it makes 100% sense. Yeah. You know, all of these tools are coming up with their own AI versions within the tool itself. So like my project management system has an AI assistant, mm -hmm. Canva has an AI assistant, all right. of these, it, it's, it's gonna blow up our world 100%. Oh, yeah. I, we're going to have such an incredible resource to be able to make our work more efficient, mm -hmm. make more creative, be able to do things quicker, better, faster. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah. yeah to be able to see what happens yeah and i'm excited about it too like in other ways because you were talking about how like there's like when it comes to web design there's like the the creative the technical the copywriting and i'm i i do all three of those things too but i don't do all three of them the best uh and the copywriting isn't one of my strong suits but ai has enhanced it like just pushed it up just a little bit better than what i could do my, by myself and i can do the design very well and i love the technical side as well and so it's helping me prop up as a help propping me up altogether I think in things that just wouldn't be as as good because I'm a creative person so it's like I can take that what it gives me and I don't just take it for face value I edit it I change it I'm like oh let's do this let's move it around but it, it helps me brainstorm and I just 
And I don't know if you have you been using. What is your thoughts on ChatGPT? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As a copywriter, no, I think it's so fun. It's a we use it in a lot of different ways. We use AI tools to primarily for our copy um, to be able to give us ideas, brainstorm, to expand upon certain things. We use it a lot for research, actually, oh, and yeah. like marketing strategy idea and generation, just getting more ideas, which is the beautiful thing about having an agency, having a team. Like we've got all of our minds working together, plus mm -hmm. bringing in more ideas from AI generated tools allows us to really pinpoint like, okay, this could, this is what we want to do for this client to help them reach success. Here's what we can do and just jumpstart that creative phase. So it's a great brainstorming tool. It's a mm -hmm. great, uh, we use AI for SEO content optimization. So we've got certain tools that are AI supported. We plug in our copy that we have fine-tuned to be able to optimize more strategically for keyword placement to make sure that it sounds authentic but yet still has those keyword integrations with those search volumes that we want to get for. It has the character length of how long a page should be according to the competitors who put out the same type of content and where we are in terms of that. So it helps guide us in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like as useful as that tool is, having that human touch of being able to make sure that it is branded, it is correct, mm -hmm. <laughs> it is authentic, it is optimized. Like we do not take AI at its face value. We use it as a tool to yeah. jumpstart and to, to balance and support, but never to overwhelm um, mm -hmm. because Google's aware of that too. And so being able to make sure that content is being written by humans for humans that was just put out in Google's uh, helpful content mm -hmm. update. A couple months ago, they just released their opinions about AI and how it's going to play into the world. Google's not anti-AI at all, of course, because like Google's the making their own AI. <laughs> so they are not anti-AI, but they still want to prioritize that human experience. So, for example, um, another thing that Google values in the SEO world is something called EAT, which stands for Expertise, Authority, Trust. Mm -hmm. That was in place for years mm. uh, and now they have just changed it so now it is e e a t there's an extra e in there that stands for experience mm. and so now google is looking for what is your personal opinion and experience with the stuff that you're talking about how can i trust you the business owner versus if you're just generating content on ai and don't know what you're talking about like yeah. how is that a good user experience so experience is another factor that they now care about and is now in embedded in their algorithms to be able to look for so adding things like personal stories talking about your experience doing whatever it is you do having those language cues of mm -hmm. i me we are actually more important now than ever because google's aware that there is so much generated content out there everybody's a copywriter now mm -hmm. so how do you stand out from your competition how do you stand apart and rise above it's by creating incredible content that is personalized experienced and written for your audience yeah. and humans still have a great way of being able to do that ai is going to catch up soon i'm sure but sure. being able to use both to your advantage is a, a really cool tool set I'd just be like, rewrite this, but use I, we, and, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and personal, add a personal story, you know? There's definitely, yeah, and, and it can probably detect still even if you do it like that, because there is, there is still an element uh, of, like, supervising. I think, like, it's important to supervise the AI, though I do feel like it, it has reached a tor touring point where, like, if you show it 
something written by an AI and something written by like a human, like you can't tell the difference, you know, like in in a lot of ways. But there are certain cues though. If like if you're in the AI, like if you're in it, like and you play with it a lot, you can see certain things. Like I've seen some some posts and some emails and things like that where it's like just certain ways things are worded like that I know that's GPT's go to. Like I can catch that really quick, you know, and yeah. So there's certain things that you can tell, but like that's the, that's a trained eye. Uh, train AI, <laughs> but but yeah. What are your thoughts, uh, uh, Marcus, on on all that? You were using it uh, a little bit. You said yesterday you used it a pretty cool way. Could you give that example? Oh my gosh, you, I used it remember? a million different ways. So like the biggest thing about it is the input. So when she was talking about um, one of the best things about you and your business that's going to be really you're going to benefit a lot from AI because you've had a whole systematized process SOPs that's part of your input into it. So like when you figure out a way to put that input, it's gonna learn so much about your business and how to do everything. It's mm -hmm. gonna spit out something very tailored to your business, to your systems, and new ideas to optimize that those systems. And that's what's super exciting for you. So maybe you know your next business coach isn't a person, it might be ChatGPT. It's serious because there's so much you've documented, it's only gonna benefit you. So mm -hmm. when I use it, I do the same kind of purpose because I come from it come from like a marketer's perspective you know keyword research we know keywords we know how to search something on google because we're marketers we know how to do long tail keywords we know all those different things in order to have like a better more relevant search it's gonna be the same thing in regards to ai and so like you're i always say like like you were saying before the human element is going to be always a big piece to it cause it's like quality control there's got to be elevated workforces that are going to have to be quality control for these things. So we're not necessarily going to be losing jobs. We'd be gaining jobs in the quality control spectrum. And so like, I'm super excited about that piece along with like the automation processes. But like, like we said, the automation processes, you might be a better um, exhibit A than even recon because I know you've systematized more things than recon has. So you are actually more at the forefront of like, let's do case study A, let's do succeeding small because you could probably do some really cool things with it, you know? And that's kind of my initial thoughts from this conversation you guys have been having. I'm like, man, that's really cool for you, you know? Like, especially once you, like, um, it starts hitting your radar more and you can, like, learn the inputs and how to do it. Oh, Maddie, you're going to take off for sure, you know? It's it's super exciting. And it's going to be something you can offer other clients too, you know? So, and that's kind of where we're at too with everything is, like, mm -hmm. automating kind of goes with marketing too, automating yeah. businesses, make it less friction for a client to get their customers to purchase things that's automation that's seamless yeah. automation so yeah it's exciting like it's we're connecting I'm, i've been learning how to connect it to like google sheets and then t t take the google sheets parse the data analyze the data send that to like an email or send that to other things and like uh, send that to uh, wordpress or or however and start like automating things that way like that's what i mean by using ai with automation is like tier like layers deep of it and I'm, I'm i'm pumped about it like i just actually got certified with make yesterday so i was, I was fun. that was fun <laughs> make is like zapier it's a it's a zapier uh and are you sure are you familiar with uh, zapier yeah. yeah i figured you were most, most if you're if you're a marketer and you're not i don't know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah so it's like uh it's just a more beautiful version of zapier well a more well-designed version of zapier I, I would say shots fired <laughs> but but yeah <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, that's I'm just pumped about all that stuff. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I have a quick I question it. for you. So, you're six years into your business. A lot of businesses don't make it that far. What would you tell young Maddie, younger Maddie, 
you know, back in 2017 when you first started? Words of advice, key, like wisdom, key takeaways that you know now that you would tell yourself in the past? That's a great question. So one thing that has been a continuous challenge for me is balancing seemingly opposite things that are not in fact opposite (laughs) and it's balancing my heart for people Mm -hmm. and what's right for my business so balancing people and profit in another sense if I were to skew that a different way Mm -hmm. so for example I want to serve small businesses when I started my company that meant that I had to sell my services to very low price <laughs> right? because that's what I thought people needed. That's what I thought would be able to serve them best and have been really struggling to catch up to that profitability standpoint in my business ever since then. I've always struggled raising my prices. I've mm-hmm. always struggled being able to stay in scope and like do the work that I have yeah. <laughs> said I was going to do and always going above and beyond because that's just who I am. It's just the heart I have for people. Same with like employees of like, I have such a heart for people and how I want them to grow. And so sometimes that makes me not want to challenge them more or hold them accountable to certain things or fire when I know it's not the right person, but I let it go on for way too long just because of my heart that I have for things. So being able to understand if I were to tell myself when I was younger that these are not opposite things, that I can do what's right for my business and I can serve people well. I can still stay true to who I am and be able to make good decisions, make profitable decisions, be able to grow and scale my company the way I want to so that I can show up for others. I've navigated so much of my life, of my person, of my soul, of understanding that money is not a bad thing and it is okay if I am making money, if I'm running a tight ship, if I'm running Mm -hmm. a successful, sustainable business, that means that I can make more money so that I can pour into others. It literally gets to come full circle. If I'm making profit, then I can serve smaller businesses who can't afford me. I can be able to spend more time with that person and help them grow into that person Mm -hmm. that they need to be. I can invest in a new tool, in more education, in more opportunities. I can make more jobs. I can do so much with these different things. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to just have recognized that a little bit earlier, I think I could have been even farther than I am now. And it's still something I grapple with and making sure that I'm making the right choices for my business and being able to balance that with who I feel I am and being able to be a successful leader, a successful community leader, and be able to still serve people the way I want to serve them. So that's a good way to answer that and it's a natural progression i think everybody when they're first starting something they want to go at affordable rate because they're still kind of learning it as well and then you get that confirmation bias of like okay i can do this oh by the way now i'm a professional i know what i'm doing i make awesome websites i know how to do seo to the, like the highest ability now and then you kind of naturally like okay this is a higher value thing now that you are you are a professional marketer you know and so there's there's something to be said about that like I forgot what the saying we were listening to like like last week regarding like um people don't view you as a professional when you're charging the lowest rates mm-hmm. out of everybody in your industry and there's kind of like a little bit about that yeah. right so that's a really good lesson and I think a lot of people are going to 
have a lot of good takeaways. But I also think too that like you had to go through those moments in order to grow to the entrepreneur you are today. I don't think there's any way around it, to be honest with you. You know. No, I wish I could have skipped over past those yeah. <laughs> those learning points, but it absolutely shaped me, mm-hmm. and it has taught me to be more empathetic, um, make faster decisions that are still to the quality that I need them to be. It's allowed me to take care of people, have the insight that I have today. So every step that I've taken has gotten me to where I am, regardless of how painful it was going through them at the moment. So I'm grateful for those experiences. And now I get to, you know, help others along their way and be able to move through those pain points faster because they all happen. They're Mm -hmm. all here for us as entrepreneurs. But if we get to come together as a community and sit down with other entrepreneurs and be just open about the challenges that we've experienced and how we've overcome them and the challenges we're going Mm -hmm. through right now, if we can all just set our egos aside and come together as a community, then we can all lift each other up and we can learn from one another. And I think that's just incredible. For sure. Yeah. And that makes me think about uh, a thing that I'm doing uh, with other videographers here in town. Uh, a spring Springs videography co-op is what we call it. And we're helping each other lift, lift each other up. And like we're even critiquing each other's work. And it's just uh, a, a fun experience because there's difference between having like anyone like critique your work. But when you have an experienced video editor, videographer critiquing your work, they're going to see things that the the average eye wouldn't see and that if you're in the edit you're not going to see either or just didn't think about that it's like oh yeah that that crossfade looks corny or whatever you know (laughs) and just certain things like that (laughs) uh but but yeah that's that's awesome i i think i think that's a a great a great perspective to have yeah lots of wisdom coming from someone very young so that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) this has been amazing remember when you were you were younger and everyone called you young you didn't like it (laughs) <laughs> no, I liked it because I was like, yeah, I'm young and I'm at your level. I always get all excited about yeah. that. <laughs> when you hit 30, no one says it anymore. Like, man, yeah. so, <laughs> so I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, like, that was my big chick for a long time. Like, man, you're young for this room. People like, underestimate. Heck yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this has been amazing, Maddie. This is Where can we find you? Where, if someone wants to know a little bit more about um, marketing and get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at our website. Everything's on there, succeedingsmall.co. I am the host of a podcast, the Succeeding Small Podcast, where... Cut to a clip. I'm just kidding. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> where I get to share the things that I didn't know scaling my business and marketing my business. So that's really my give back tool of being able to help other business owners through the journey that I went through. So I've got a ton of great free content on there. We've got a massive blog archive with tons of small business resources. I've got tons of guides that people can go get if they want to go and execute marketing. I'm here as a resource. Like that's my mission. I want to go and serve small businesses. And so I'm an open book. You can find us on any socials, connect with Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you want to get in touch. We are here for you guys. So That sounds like uh, it's good SEO for you too. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a method to my madness. Yes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, this has been a, a great episode and we're so happy to have you have you finally on. I know we talked about it for, for we talked about it once or twice before and it's good to actually have you here and, and doing this episode. Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to take it off? Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been the COS Business Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. All right. That was a good one. That was, that was cool, a really guys. good episode. <laughs>